our UUA, Unitarian Universalist Association, partners with the United Church of Christ to develop and implement a comprehensive human sexuality program. It covers the lifespan from five years to 95 plus years. If churches have the resources, they can choose to offer any or all. We are finishing up the nearly year-long OWL program for seventh through ninth graders in our congregation. I think we'll finish sometime in April. One of the activities they do as part of the program is to create lists of all the different names for sexual terms and body parts. For example, terms for kiss might be smooch or peck or smack or tongue. I'll just give you a minute to wrap your mind around how vast that exercise could get because it involves far more than kissing. Right. The idea is that it helps to demystify the terms and normalizes talking about it, thereby making it easier to know yourself and where your values lie and to live out the underlying values of the OWL program, which are self-worth, sexual health, responsibility, justice, and inclusivity. Good stuff, right? It has been said that it's easier for Unitarian Universalists to talk about sex than it is for us to talk about money. And this may disappoint you, but we aren't going to be talking about sex today. <laughs> we are going to be talking about money. It's the kickoff to the yearly stewardship pledge campaign this weekend, or as some churches refer to it, Commitment Sunday. Tamar Deton did a beautiful job last night at the online kickoff, and Gabby prepared the packets and online presentation, and Anne-Marie Moriali put it all together, and various folks will be making deliveries this afternoon. Twelve people, Dave Macklin, Martha Bain, Jenna Korf, Lisa Gascoon, Judith Heberling, Alan Bentkowski, Michelle McKnight, Anne-Marie Moriali, Tamar Deton and Sandy Shahada, and Susan Roy and Laura Dutton, one of these will be showing up probably this afternoon to your house if you live um, if you live where they can get to you. And thank you all so much for doing that. And thank you to those who attended yesterday and especially to those of you, thank you, who shared how someone had shared their light with you. Those were amazing and beautiful stories. Since the snow yesterday means that we're online today, I invite you into an experiment. In the chat is a Mentimeter link. Give me just a second. But I will also share my screen and um, you can have the instructions there. And give me just a second to get back into that, into that rhythm, right? There you go. So you'll just go to menti.com and you'll put in that code. And then I'd love for you to put in all the words for money that you can think of. And it's not, it's not limited to how many words you can put in. Um, so if you're a couple, you can do this together and then you can, you can refresh and do it again. I mean, there's, there may be a limit, but you can go back and do it again. And then you'll see, um, as you do that, they'll, they'll pop up on the screen and the more the more people put in a certain term then the bigger it gets <laughs> clamps 
I don't see. Oh, there it is. Dough. Yep. <laughs> I love the dollars. Cheddar. I have not heard that one. Okay. I'm going to let that just play out while I read this. Wallace Stevens writes that money is a kind of poetry. Money, the long green, cash, stash, rhino, jack, or just plain dough. Chalk it up, fork it over, shell it out, watch it burn holes through pockets. To be made of it, to have it to burn, greenbacks, double eagles, megabucks, and Jenny Mays. It greases the palm, feathers a nest, holds heads above water, makes both ends meet. Money breeds money, gathering interests, compounding daily, always in circulation. Money, you don't know where it's been, but you put it where your mouth is and it talks. Money is a kind of poetry. We can see the poetry we created on our Minty page. It's beautiful, right? And it can be complicated. It can be complicated, especially if we don't have it. Or we have it, but we don't know if we're using it well. Or when we wonder if we deserve it. Or recognize the inequity in a capitalistic system. Or when we don't want anyone to know how much money we have. Or we think that we're rich. Or, or have people think that we're rich because of all those complicated reasons. Money, or at least how we think about it, can be complicated. And that's why we need to talk about it and normalize it and be real about it. <clears throat> I grew up in a church where several times a year the minister preached about tithing. A tithe is 10% of your income. My parents tithe to our church. And yesterday I was talking with my sister and I mentioned that this was our stewardship season and she she let me know that she ties to her church and because she's still working and then she um, is old enough to retire, but she's getting social security. So she increased her giving because of that. I wouldn't have thought of her as wealthy, but she gives a thousand dollars a month to her church. I don't know how much money my parents had. I never thought it was a great deal. Um, according to how we live, but that didn't matter. If you were living, if you were to live those values and in a Christian church, the right thing to do was to give your 10%. Perhaps as those preachers touted, you have you had to give enough to feel it and sometimes to have it hurt. So I have that as my standard of giving back to the world to give a certain portion of what I earn. And this year I'll be increasing what I give. But it's up to all of you to decide what it is that you give. At my first UU church years ago, we had a guest speaker for our Pledge Sunday. And this was, I'm talking 30, 40 years, my first UU church, it was, it was tiny. Um, and so they, we had a lot of visiting people to speak. She said that when she joined her UU congregation, she was asked for a pledge. It's a condition, one of the requirements for membership in most UU congregations, including this one. She had never been part of a church. She had no idea how much to give. 
They didn't share with her what the budget was or even suggest what it might, what the pledge might be. And she laughingly told us that the first year she gave $50. She pledged $50 and she gave it. Not $50 per month, but $50 for the year. She didn't know. She could laugh about it because she knew <clears throat> that she could afford much more than $50 per year. And when she realized that and how much it cost to have it, to be a church, she gave more. So remembering this story, it occurred to me that maybe there are some basics to share about how church money works. So here's an incomplete list, but a start. First is to look at your income and see what you can give. And you look at your expenses too, but you look at your income and see what can you give. And then let go of any shame around money. Some of you are able to give far more than others, and you do, and that's the way it works. Some of you will not be able to give the top amount or even the medium, and you may even struggle to give the lowest amount. It's okay. This is how church money works. We don't all give the same amount, but those who have more give more. And all of what you offer is received as a gift and a blessing with no shame. Giving is a spiritual practice. A path of contribution is essential to a spiritual life, a peaceful spirit. Not just giving of our money, but giving of our time and who we are, sharing all of our light. Sarah Van Brethnack from Simple Abundance writes, One step toward financial serenity is returning a portion of your wealth to the work of spirit. When you tithe, you acknowledge and honor the truth source of your supply. Tithing is an ancient spiritual tradition and a universal and a universal prosperity law used by great wealthy civilizations, Egyptians, Babylonians, Chinese, Greeks, and Romans, to ensure abundance. Understanding how tithing works metaphysically helps skeptics become more open to the ways in which its practice can enrich our lives. Spiritual law, no matter what path, tells us as we give, so shall we receive. We realize that money is a form of energy. Energy doesn't increase if it's hoarded. Think about that. Energy must circulate freely for power to be released. When we release an increase of money in our lives, giving away a portion of that money keeps the channels of abundance circulating freely as spirit intended. And it's not just giving in order to receive more, I will say. It's giving because it feels good to give, because it, it frees up um, not just not just our, our, not just money itself, but it frees up our creativity. It makes space and room for things to flow in our lives. You can think of it that way if it's useful for you to do so. It may not be for all of you. The second church money basic that I can think of that I'll share with you today is that we are the source that gives to this congregation. Denny Davidoff, former, former moderator of our UU a and fundraiser extraordinaire tells the story about her son and his wife who moved to a college town where they were both in postgraduate programs. So they were young adults. They joined the local UU church and they pledged to it. 
And apparently they pledged quite a bit because the chair of the pledge campaign called him, thinking that he had made a mistake on the form that he had filled out. And then the pledge chair tried to talk him into lowering the pledge because he thought it was too much because not even the full professors who were part of the congregation pledged as much. But the Davidoffs stayed fast and they kept their pledge amount because he said, any of us can and do give to all the good causes out there. But only we, the members and friends, will support our congregations. And this is true. No one really gives to this congregation who's not connected to it in some way. We may get a grant every so often, but we don't rely on grants to make our budget. There's no source but us. The reason to join a UU congregation is to support it. And the, the third church money basic that I'll share with you today is an invitation to think of yourself as being a producer of the church or the congregation rather than as a consumer. A pledge is not a tip to the congregation or to the budget. In a restaurant where you are the consumer, you may decide to lower the tip to the server if they let your water run out or increase the tip if you make extra requests. But a church pledge or supporting the church is not an amount based on how well you think the congregation is doing, or I might add, how well you like or don't like the minister or the sermons or what the minister's doing or what doing or not doing or what the board is doing or not doing. If you're unhappy with that, our covenant and our faith call us to reach out directly to the minister and the board and leadership or anyone in the congregation, reach out directly. The amount you give doesn't or shouldn't reflect how happy you are with the people or the programs or the preaching. We give to the church because we support the values of the church and we support what the congregation stands for. We support what we hope it can be. We give to support the mission and so that all of us together can live that mission within the congregation and out in the world. We serve the mission, all of us. We kindle the flame of love and justice to nurture and heal. We are the producers in this congregation and of this congregation, we make that happen. We kindle the flame. We nurture and heal. We are carriers of the flame, lighters of the lamps that illuminate the path. We all have a light within us and we bless the world by sharing it in all the ways that we can, not just financially, but with who we are. Diane Ackerman offers this prayer, which I will share again and again. In the name of the daybreak and the eyelids of the morning and the wayfaring moon and the night when it departs, I swear I will not dishonor my soul with hatred, but offer myself humbly as a guardian of nature, as a healer of misery, as a messenger of wonder, as an architect of peace. And today I add, as a sharer of light, your light, but also the collective light. This afternoon, most of you will receive a packet delivered to your door. I invite you to spend some time with it. Spend some time in discernment about what you want for this congregation. 
and how your intentions for how you will share your light that is that the light that is you is with your time your talent and your treasure how will you help this congregation live that mission at next week's service you'll have an opportunity to drop off your commitment cards in the sanctuary during the service and if you're not if you won't be there i invite you to put them in the mail last week we made human chalices as a way to embody sharing our light. I'll be sharing this video next week as well, but I didn't want to wait to share with you how beautiful you are when you take a risk, move out of the comfort zone and share your light.